Hello again, Pastor Deborah for God Be Love, Love Is Here Ministries. And this is series two of Mental Health and the Forever Person. In the first series, which had seven episodes, we talked about a math, a new math, called one plus one plus one. This series, which is beginning uh, today, and I'll have many different episodes in it, is entitled The Three Realms. This is going to be a little introduction into these episodes that are coming. Oh my goodness, I got started a little bit early. <laughs> People are still finding their seats. Okay. Oh my goodness, got a lot of people here today from all over the world because the videos are starting to get known and some of my stories, they're incredible, are starting to be heard because they have been silent for many, many years. But this new series, uh, both the webcams and the podcast, Mental Health and the Forever Person. This new series, like I said, is entitled The Three Realms. In these episodes, which will be quite a few, we're going to dig a little deeper into ourselves. And the three realms that our mental health and our forever person live in. The first realm, which many of us are very aware of, is called the realm of the natural, the physical body, the temporary realm. The realm that we can see out here, when you look at people, that's what we see. So that's going to be the first realm. And I'm going to break it up into several episodes to go through it. And then talk about the professions that deal with mental health. Some of the history of mental health. And some of the different uh, terminology and definitions. Because it's very real vital for you in your learning to understand terms and definitions. Most of us don't know what the people are talking to us, the doctors or our therapists in the mental health world. They sort of know. Uh, not a lot of people have a lot of history of it. We're getting it in bits and pieces uh, all over. A lot of wonderful sayings on LinkedIn, a lot of posts. A lot of people are trying so hard to encourage us and give us words and give us some life skills and life coaching to help us. But it's hard when you only have so many nanoseconds on LinkedIn for a post. Or you go to your therapist or your psychiatrist or your primary care physician, and they're under a lot of time pressure, and they got to sort of move us in and move us out. So we're going to talk about in the first set of episodes that area of the three realms. The second realm will be the realm of your soul, which, as I have taught you before, has a conscious awareness part and a subconscious part. And we're going to talk about precepts and concepts and beliefs and thoughts and your mind and pictures and your five senses and how all of that is more intricately involved in your mental health. It should be pretty exciting if you've never studied it. Then the third realm is the realm of the spirit. It is the realm that the forever person lives in. 
Now, a lot of people know about it. I see them all the time in that realm. It's not a spooky realm, but some people make it very spooky, and it is very, it's very much with us here on planet Earth. It has good stuff and bad stuff in it. That is where our forever person lives. And I'm going to go into a little bit more detail about the forever person and how he is related to and how he is affected by and how the world, the realm of the natural, the physical body, and the soul affect it. So that all three realms are involved in mental health. And they're all involved in the healing part of it. And so I wanted to just give you this introduction before I get started with episode one. So you'll be aware of what's coming. There'll be lots of different episodes. You know me, I like to talk a lot. And I have a lot of people listening and they're here with us now. And so I just wanted to let you know, welcome again to a new series of Mental Health and the Forever Person. The Three Realms. It will be up on the webcam, on YouTube, on the website, www.godbelovedishere.org. It will be put on the podcast of Mental Health and the Forever Person, which you can get to from the website. And I will also podcast it on out, and uh, so you can listen to it wherever you are. And uh, so this is real vital because the world and all of humanity are dealing with the mental health and the forever person. Those two realms are connected. They are on planet Earth. And we have so many issues. And everybody, every nation, every organization, the UN, every loving faith-based person, every loving faith-based, every religion, everybody's trying to solve these problems. So I'm trying to come in and just give you some basic information that when you're out there and you're trying to get healed or find a proper uh, person to help you that you'll have a little bit of information that you can ask some intelligent questions you can research all this out a lot of it's on YouTube it's out on the internet Wikipedia so you become an informed person so you can know how to find the healing that you need and a little bit more about the mental health and the forever person. So this is the introduction to the new series of mental health and the forever person, the three realms. And they are again, that's right, the natural realm, which includes the physical body, that is correct, and the mental, emotional realm, that is correct, that deals with the soul, it's conscious, and it's subconscious, and the realm of the spirit. Yay! That's right. So we're going to be going into those in more detail. I can't take you right there, jump you off, and throw you into the deep end of the pool where I live most of the time because it takes a lot of work to get there. you got to learn to swim. you got to learn to bob your head under the water, hold your breath, uh, all kinds of things before you can get a lot of realizations of what's going on. But welcome. I hope to get this up today as quick as I can. I am multitasking. Tomorrow, I, and which is Saturday and Sunday, I will be in two days of training on suicide prevention and support group for the community. Uh, one of the people that's learning how to uh, help them because it's suicide. It's in every place. It's ever, even in the jails and the prisons. Okay. 
We just heard about a big case about that one uh, right here in America. So is suicide real? Yes. Is it happening to, to every na in every nation and every culture? Yes. Is it happening to every profession, men, boy, children? Yes. I have known five-year-old kids tried to kill themselves. No, you don't. If they come out of heavy-duty abuse, they will. So this is the introduction, the three rounds. I hope you enjoy it and hope you come back. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah. Look at Hello the board. Again. Thank you. This is Pastor Deborah. And this is mental health and the forever person. This is the new series, series two. And this is episode three. And we're going to start today sort of going a little deeper into some mental health terms uh, that a lot of people are used to hearing. They may not know a lot about. They may not know how it all fits in with mental health, the forever person, and the three realms. I believe everybody is here sitting down. Everybody got their notebooks? Okay. And I wanted to get started today. Everybody's getting very eager to learn. And um, so today, I, how I like to start things is simple. I'm going to start with the letter A, the very beginning. We're going to take one word, and we're going to kind of develop it out and look at how this one mental health term many people are used to hearing, may be on medication for, and are dealing with in their life around the world. So, in the English language, it starts off with the letter A. I'm going to start with anxiety. Now, Anxiety is a medical term that is in the DSM, which I talked about on the other episode. And it's a part of the mental health system that our psychiatrists, our psychologists, our social workers, our case managers, we're all used to the term anxiety. A lot of us know what it means. A lot of us use it for many other things, but I looked up in the Webster's Dictionary. In fact, the 8th grade dictionary, the very dictionary my son used when he was in the 8th grade. The word anxiety means fear, dread of something, overwhelming emotions, fear of something. And it can develop, live with you. I'm going to tell you a little history back in ancient civilization about anxiety. I don't like to use that word. I like to use the word fear. Now, a lot of people, uh, there's a lot of biological things going on, a lot of your senses going on, a lot of your memories, a lot of your thoughts. The history of, quote, anxiety, fear, goes way back, if you've been following the podcast, it goes way, way back, where some landlord, as we know, prophesied, spoke to some guy named Adam, and said if he ate from a tree, 
that was called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, ate some of its fruit, he would surely die. Now those words have always been with humanity. They're always there. What it told us that this die, whatever that meant at that time, which this little guy named Adam did not know, and as most of our parents, when we're little kids, don't explain to us, if we run out into the street without stopping and looking, we could get hurt. They just tell us, don't go out into the street without looking both ways. The parent is aware of the dangers of doing something that could hurt you. Now, when you're dealing with small children, they don't understand danger. They don't understand a lot. But we just try to give them some simple directions. Don't do this. And don't do that. Do this. So this guy named Adon, way, way back, a lot of people believe he was our very first human ancestor. He was introduced to the word die, death. Now, he does not know what it means. He just knows if he goes to this tree, doesn't know what's on the tree, doesn't know anything about the tree, just has some beautiful fruit on it. Now, the parent, this landlord, told him it has some fruit on it called the knowledge of good and evil. Does this little guy know what that means? No. But some words were said to protect this little guy and at the same time to challenge his conscious will as to see whether he would obey or he would disobey. For a long, long time, this little guy named Adam obeyed. Didn't touch it, didn't eat anything of it. But this word die, D-I-E, death, was there. It had no power at the time. It wasn't sort of alive and active and couldn't come against him because he hadn't done anything that he wasn't supposed to. Well, as time went on, he got a helpmate, and she... Uh, the species was called man, which means the spiritual being. But it had a womb in it that would carry the biological fetuses of children and babies to come. So it was called wound man. Wo, W-O-M-A-N. And when it came out of this man, out of the deep part of him, he looked at it with his eyes and all he could see was, you're a part of me, you're part of my flesh, and you're part of my bones. So I will call you woman. You'll be my helpmate. But when he named her that, all it became was a helpmate of flesh and bone, nothing spiritual. So these two go along for a long, long time doing just fine. Now the words are still there, but don't touch that tree. Because something called die will happen to you. They had no idea. And it's the same with us, whether we're little children, teenagers, or grown adults. We're told, don't 
break the speed limit. Don't drink and drive. Don't text and drive. Now, we hear it. We may not understand all of the consequences. We may not understand why those rules were put on us. We don't see that behind those laws are loving people who want to keep you alive. They don't want you to hurt yourself or hurt other people. We don't see it that way. We see it, somebody's trying to control me and tell me what I can do and can't do. And I'm in a hurry. And I need to get somewhere. And that speed limit is in my way. Most of the time, nothing happens. So we all have this. We're told by a loving call it parent, whether it's the government, a law, our parents, school teachers, to not do something. Most of the time we don't ask why, what could happen, what does that mean? We just go, uh-huh, all right, yeah, I hear you, and off we go. We ain't even listening. We don't see that these rules are coming to us to help us, protect us, and keep us safe. So when this Adam Here's the tree like a carrot, some sparkly bling in front of you. Somebody just dangling some money, opportunities. It's just there, swinging in the breeze. And you see it all the time. It just wears on you, wears on you. So this wound man did not hear these words. Now they're still active and they were still waiting. They were challenging. Every time I see a stop sign, red light, the speed limit, the laws of a religion, the laws of a government. I am being challenged on the inside as to am I going to obey or not. Now the government a lot of times is not interested in why, why you do something. It's did you obey. So what happened was the story goes which is in all of your ancient religious text. It's out there. Some shining being got inside of an earthly snake in this garden. And the snake talked to this woman. Now, Adam and this woman were used to the animals talking. A lot of us talk to animals. I talk to pine cones. A lot of us can talk to nature. We hear it speaking to us. So they were used to that. So this snake, with something hidden inside of it, was speaking to this woman, tempting her. The words maybe were bewitching, putting a little spell, covering up, challenging her. And here's how it worked. He said, oh, those words... They didn't really mean anything bad. Now look again at that fruit. Look with your natural eyes. Isn't it pretty? Look at that person, that sparkle. Doesn't it look beautiful? That became the lust of the eyes. Sniff that fruit with your nose. Smell the fragrance and the perfume the aromas. Get that into your brain, those chemicals. The aromatherapy. Oh, doesn't it smell good? Makes your brain feel happy. 
Oh, look how pretty that would be. It's got to be very nutritional. Your stomach would love it. Be good for your body. So it became food. So what we have the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, be good for food, smells, fragrant, aroma, sparkling and glittering. And it's not going to hurt you. It doesn't have any poison in it. And anyway, this parent, he's holding out on you. He can break the laws. He's hiding something from you. He's keeping something from you that's in that fruit that he doesn't want you to have. Because then you might be like him. Have some knowledge of good and evil. He seems to have it. And he doesn't want you to have it. So the pride of life came in, was challenged inside the wound man. Now the story goes that right along with this wound man, this woman, was Adam. And he's just standing there with his wife. They had been pronounced sort of married, were a unit, two had become one. He's just listening to the snake talk to his wife. He says nothing. Because he was told, you're going to follow your wife. You're just going to tag along, follow her. Whatever she does, you're going to do. You really don't have a mind of your own anymore. You're now one with her. Whatever she does, you do. Whatever she believes, you believe. You're one, one unit. So if she started contemplating in her head, mind and her soul and her physical body these challenges another word was coming to her that was not the word of this landlord this parent that had created the tree it was another word from somebody else challenging her and Adam just was right there with her now what happened the woman decides she's challenged she takes the challenge, takes the bait, she eats it. Nothing happens. And she passes it to her helpmate, her husband. And he took a bite. Right there. They died. Death occurred. What that meant which they did not know until that moment of death. But they had had something inside of them, deep in their spirit, a light, a governor, love for each other. Gone. Death starts sinking in. They're no longer in contact at that deep, deep level with this landowner of the garden, this creator of the tree, their creator. No more contact on the inside. Light is gone. It would be like if, I, if you took all the clothes off of somebody. They're not covered up anymore. They're totally exposed. So what happened, they immediately knew. They had disobeyed. They were starting to see that they were getting knowledge, experience of good. Oh, it looked good. Tasted good, 
sounded good. From that good came evil, came death. Death of a relationship to a father, death of a wonderful relationship between two people. Their beauty was gone. Now shame sets in. Fear of dying sets in. Death is a calling. It was deep first in the forever person. It worked its way out to the soul and eventually thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years later the physical body died. So death has three levels. It has a deep spiritual level. It has a soul level. So their relationship as marriage partners was now tainted. They felt dishonored, blaming each other, blaming the snake. They didn't know it was a snake. Well, they knew it was some kind of serpent or snake. It's fault. So they had to put fig leaves on. They're not beautiful anymore. They're not glistening. They were guilty, full of shame, embarrassment. They were now feeling and having knowledge of and experiencing the evil. That this good, that thing that looked good, but they were told not to touch. Now they experience death. And death has, like I said, multi levels of it. So, the spiritual part is involved, the private person, the soul, the subconscious man, and the biological body. That is how death entered in to humanity. It sits at, everybody, it sit, it sat at the door, waited, it was given power when they disobeyed. Now, we bring that into mental health. Anxiety is law is another term for the fear of death. Remember, death has three realms. It affects the forever person who lives in torment, always afraid it's going to die, cut off from its spiritual connection, living in fear in that realm. The soul of the a human, with all of its complex chemicals, electrical emotions, lives in fear, dread, worry. I need to run. I need to escape because something bad's going to happen to me. Whether the fear is real or it's imagined. And the physical body is set up that when the eyes or the ears or the thoughts determine something is fearful, that I might die. My existence is over with. Hormones and chemicals, we call it the fight or flight syndrome, kicks in automatically. This is a system inside the physical body that releases sugar, adrenaline, other hormones to get the body physically ready to either run as fast as it can to escape something that is threatening it 
that if the mind and the thoughts the concepts have perceived to be fearful and could cause them to die the physical body gets ready to run to flee and if the physical body cannot run and flee a situation and the, it's overwhelming to the thoughts the worry inside of the emotional part of us then the down here the subconscious will disassociate some part of it will handle the fear the other part of it will flee with the help of the spirit leave its body create another tough person to handle it because the overwhelming emotional trauma fear burden of this fear of death this anxiety is so powerful whether it's real or not real most of us have no training out of your military your firefighters your first responders when they see a situation where death could occur they run to it their training allows them to run into a fearful situation and get it under control their adrenaline is kicked in their sugars are going they're on pure chemicals but they have training now after it's over with they might have a meltdown most of us do not get that training we run and we flee from something that is fearful that causes us anxiety worry stress on the inside it could be a, just a thought of something going to happen it could be something that is actually happening and all of us believe it or not we all fear dying we all want to live and enjoy life and the reason is we have no peace on the inside about what happens at death and what is after death so we're afraid of dying we want to live and have fun and enjoy our life and be here because we really believe that is all the existence there is so in the mental health world this was had always been with us since the very beginning of humanity some of us can handle fear better some of us like the early Spartans they looked at going to battle that it was a glorious way to serve your nation and to die for your people and your country so some people, a lot of your military, they overcome that fear and they run to it. But most of us, we are running from it. We are in that flight part, not the fighting part. And while all of this is going on, our biological body is excreting sugars and adrenaline and dopamine and hormones our digestive system has shut down we're not thinking about other things we are trying to preserve our life or save somebody else's life and when that occurs in us and we can't get a handle on it we could be afraid of anything bugs 
We could be afraid of food, viruses. It doesn't matter. We just interpret that anything is trying, everything's trying to kill us. And we seem to have no control over it. And we become fearful, we go into that. If you live in that state and you cannot resolve it, then your, your stress hormone, your adrenal glands in your physical body, which sits on the top of your kidneys, are overworked. And you will eventually just collapse. And there's nothing left. You'll burn up your sugars and be extremely tired and sleep for several days. Now, this fear, this anxiety, everybody has it. There's very fearful things down here, and yes, we can die. And what happens is, some people, that goes to the extreme inside biologically, chemically, and in their thoughts into what you call panic attacks, which they actually become paralyzed. So fearful, they can't do anything. They can't make a decision. I'll tell you about my brother. He's gone on to heaven now. He was diagnosed with manic depressive and borderline personality. And he would get at a red light and forget which way he was supposed to turn. Was he to go straight, go to the right, or go to the left? It so frightened him that he could not remember where he was going. He would have a panic attack. At that time, the heart races, the blood is pumping, the sugars are going, and he freezes because he, he's overwhelmed by chemicals and emotions and thoughts. Just a panic attack. That comes under anxiety. Now, my biological mother, who's also in heaven, she would flee. We'd be in the car. She'd get fearful of something. She'd jump out of the car and run. She tried to commit suicide several times because whatever pain was going on on the inside of her, she was trying to resolve it. So a lot of suicide is not that they want to die, it's just that the pain, the burden, the fear, the torment, the worrying, it gets so much, they get so tired of fighting, they can't find a solution. So they just want some peace. So anxiety is it's prominent all over the world. You'll see it even now after storms or bombs. People hear a noise, boom. Their body's kicked into the fight or flight center. Fear hits. They have thoughts, memories. And we all have it. It's a biological response based on our hearing, our eyesight, our taste, our touch. So those two realms, the soul, the subconscious, and the biological body are very, very involved in anxiety disorders. Some people are afraid of other people going out in society. Something must have happened that they are frightened of people. Some people are afraid of animals, big ones, small ones. Some people are afraid of bugs. They get a little bee bite or a mosquito bite. They're afraid they're going to die. But it's all the same. It does not matter what 
the source is. On the inside of their mental health, their mind, they are afraid of dying. They're afraid of pain. They're afraid of being out of control. And when you end up in a mental health counselor's office, psychiatrist, they give you medication for anxiety, they're trying to calm your chemicals down. And they try to teach you some alternative ways in therapy to deal with your fears, whether they are real or imagined, whether they come through post-traumatic stress in the middle of the night in your dreams. Now, most mental health people are not too good with that because they don't understand the dream world yet exactly what it is. But anxiety is fear. Fear of death. Fear of being hurt. Worry about getting hurt. Dreading something. That's fear. Fear of not being accepted. Fear of not being liked. Fear of being bullied. Fear of sex. Fear of being raped. Fear. Now, how do people overcome it? Some people choose very unique ways. They become very angry. And they fight back with their anger. I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me. And I'm going to kill you before you can kill me. So hate and anger rise up in our emotions to deal with the fear of death. When it first came into humanity, we got changed. The lack of peace was gone. Shame came in. Dishonor came in. Guiltiness came in. But we didn't blame ourselves. If you go back and you study some of the ancient, ancient texts, here's what they said. When this landlord came down and asked these people, why are you hiding behind a tree with some fig leaves on? Did you disobey and eat from the tree that I told you not to? Now, they were experiencing the knowledge of the evil. What was it? Something that looked good turned to evil. Now they're experiencing guilt, <clears throat> excuse me, shame, dishonor. And here's their responses, and you'll hear it everywhere. The woman was asked, what'd you do? Wasn't my fault. I listened to this creature, somebody else, another voice, and they told me it was beautiful and pretty and it wouldn't hurt me, and your words were lies. And I wasn't to believe them. And you were trying to hide something from us. And he bewitched me, put a spell on me, tricked me. And I believed his words over what my own husband told me. So I picked up this tree that was dangling out there like a carrot, money, opportunities. Beautiful lady just walking by for the lust of the eyes. Okay? You walk by stores and you're window shopping. And, okay? Lust of the eyes are at work. So, the landlord, this parent, went to the man. What'd you do? Well, it ain't my fault that we're feeling so guilty. Now we don't have any clothes but leaves. And this thing you gave me, this woman, 
She deceived me. You made her for me. And she tricked me. She led me down a wrong path. And I followed her like you told me to do. So it's her fault. Not mine. I'm just doing what you told me to do. Follow her. Be a part of her. Well, that is really good. Happens to all of us. Of course, she talks to the snake thing. And that's another whole story. There it is. Death came in. Fear of death came in. When there's fear of death, there's lack of shame. There's shame, dishonor, guiltiness, blaming other people. Don't know why you're so fearful. Listen to words that have deceived you. Sugar-coated something that really bit you. We've all done it. We believed this person. They turned around and bit us. We did this, turned around, and it wasn't good for us. We've all experienced it. We've all experienced fear, anxiety, worry, stress, all at some level. Where it becomes a mental health problem is you can't handle the worry and the stress. You don't know how to find a solution for it. You don't know how long it takes your chemicals of adrenaline to calm down. You don't resolve a situation. You put it off. You hide, blame somebody else. But the fear is always there that somebody will discover this. And they'll see your shame and your guilt. And you will get blamed for it. So anxiety, fear of death is there. Then throw in that a lot of people, death of a relationship. That's what occurred between a, a man and a woman. Death between the parent and the children, death of peace within themselves, death in a beautiful garden, gone. So death brought in worry and stress and turmoil and fear, and it became a way of life for humanity. A lot was lost, a lot was gained, but none of it was good. So now, in between, inside of our system, there's no peace. Because death is ruling. Anxiety is the king. We look at something and the first thing we go, is that going to hurt me? What will people think? Are they going to blame me? Death is at work. Between nations, between people, even of the same religion, we got this going on in the Middle East. Death is at work between brothers of the same religion. Wars. Death. And what happens, most people don't realize, they are going to die one day. Because we saw this, eventually the physical body will wear out. And a lot of people do not have peace about that process. Of course, most people only go through it once. They don't know what lies beyond that. They ain't really talked to anybody from there. Some people get to some people get to go there. They don't have peace about death. So death becomes a big king. It's everywhere. 
It comes in with anger and threats. People are trying to kill you through words, threats, take your reputation down. You can kill somebody. You even hear like politics. It's a bloodless sport. They try to kill each other to get to be the king through words. So death is a part of our humanity. Some of us have learned like our military how to deal with it, how to use it, how to recognize the chemicals and the hormones that are getting turned on, use it how to take our anger and benefit other people. A lot of us that are more sweet and nice, we don't like to fight. We don't like all this turmoil and families and problems and pick, so we just ignore it. We stay in our little boxes, our little silos, and we don't look. And when we want to have some kind of joy, because we don't have it on the inside, we go to football games. We go to movies. We go to concerts. From the outside, we're trying to get peace and love and joy and trying to overcome that big king of death with its bondage and its ties to everything that's good and loving and protection. And when you get in this state of anxiety, the chemicals in the brain are so flowing, high gear, high intensity sugars and adrenaline, that you can't think rationally. You're just reacting. And that is why your first responders and everything, they have to be trained and trained and trained so that when that hits they can think they don't get overwhelmed I just had a event with that today okay something out of the unexpected happens overwhelms you throw in your glasses fog up trying to get something done you haven't looked at your schedule well enough and what you intended to happen doesn't turn out and something unexpected. And while you're going through it, you're not thinking clearly. You can't see. You're all fogged up. You feel under pressure and time to get something done. You don't make good decisions. So I have to come back and I have to let all my hormones and my sugars, they just calm down. Take a little rest, a little peace. And then I have to assess my situation. And then I have to forgive myself for not being more prepared, not looking better at my schedule, not having a plan, not looking at things in better detail. And I have to debrief myself so it won't happen again. But a lot of us don't do that. We don't like to look at what we did that caused us to feel fear and all the conditions that went into it. Because then we are looking at ourselves, and that's not what human nature is about. The biological brain doesn't care. The chemicals, they react to your thoughts, your concept. If your hidden man does not want to look at what happened and why you are fearful and go back and deal with that particular fear and the worries and the stress and the program that maybe came through laughter, 
through words, watching, we'll just say, scary movies and things, then you wonder why you are afraid. Because you've been programmed through your senses. People have made fun of certain things, like there are people, they want you to be afraid of bugs. Why? Because they're afraid of bugs. But they make jokes about it. And over time, the programming occurs. And when you become an adult, you're afraid of bugs. Because you've been told that, that they're bad things. And when people get afraid in the situation, if they're not in control of it, then they feel like they are going to die. Some people escape, they get in their car, and they drive. Because they have to flee something. They can't solve it. And their system cannot handle it. So they flee, they drive, they take a walk, they get away. Because the anxiety is powerful. It's chemical. It's electrical. It's your five senses. It's memories. It's your hidden man. It's all of that. And it affects your forever person. So I wanted to bring this to you today. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the fight or flight syndrome, which everybody knows about, sort of, and how it's chemically in the physical body, so it's involved, how it's involved in your thoughts, concepts, your programming from since you were a child, the hidden man who does not want to look at it, and how death, the fear of death, is a part of our life. And so I wanted to just bring this in in episode three. Yep, okay. To bring in that one word, anxiety. So if you get to a mental health doctor and they diagnose you with anxiety, that means you have a problem that's overwhelming you. You're not able to resolve it of the fear of death. Now they may call it that, they may not call it that, don't know. If it gets to a certain level, that's when your panic attacks come in. And you freeze. Or you do really stupid things. And you hurt people, you hurt yourself. And they're trying to get the chemistry up here through medication. They're trying to get your, your adrenaline, your sugars. They may want to change your diet. They may want you to exercise, get some of the the cortisol out, get some of the, uh, what that some people call negative energy out. Take a walk, rest, because the system on the inside needs peace. needs peace from your thoughts, your worries, but the programming is there from our childhood. Sometimes it takes reprogramming us, learning new things, learning being trained, how to deal when fear comes up, what's going on, how not to add to it when our chemicals are up and we are in the fight or flight center. Now, unless you're trained like first responders, you probably need to flee and let somebody come in who has been trained and can deal with their emotions, their chemistry, and they can use it to fight, put out a fire, rescue somebody and they're trained to do that 
most of humanity are not trained. Children are not trained. Women, basically, are not trained for this. Most of your men, unless they're in the military or the first responder, they're not trained. And they end up in the psychiatrist's office getting anti-anxiety medication. And that is how it goes. And along with that, the, when, the, when the anxiety, the fear subsides, and the chemicals go back down to normal state, and this fear seems to be over with, the body will go into a state of depression. It's like, down. <laughs> the high is gone. So sometimes you swing from full-fledged anxiety, panic attack, until I can't get out of bed. And so the psychiatrist, through medication, is trying to deal with the chemicals up here that get turned on. He knows all the hormones, the adrenaline, the dope. He knows what goes on. When you look at something, you sense something, you have a thought, boom, the fear comes. And you just automatically respond. You don't know why. Don't know where it come from. I bet if we went back and we looked at your parenting, we heard the words that your grandparents, your aunties, everybody said, even in church and everything like that, or your faith-based community, your school teachers and everybody, we would probably find lots and lots of words, lots and lots of situations where fear was promoted, where fear was covered up like in a snake, and you took it, and you found the bad stuff. By the time you get to school, you've already had five years of training with your family, with society, with the world, with televisions, now with the smartphones and the YouTubes. You've already had training. You've already watched movies and cartoons. And now it gets exposed when you get in kindergarten. And we learn what kind of culture you came from, what kind of words were told to you as a child, what did the beliefs of your parents, your grandparents, your aunts, your uncles, your caregivers, what's happened to you, were you abused, were you human trafficked, were words come in, were you beaten, did fear not only be words, but was it a physical action against you, five years old, just plot it like that, now where do we point it, back to them, they raised you, they trained you, they programmed you, they shaped you, they formed you. How? And the way they go. And they're all messed up too. And society and movies and games will shape and mold you through visions, songs, pictures, words, angry words, loud words. Yelling at you, screaming at you, threatening you. It's all programming to children. And they're just enforcing anxiety to grow, to get settled in, to be planted even deeper and deeper and deeper, and to eventually come out with all of its fruits. Panic, anger, hate, 
running. I'm so much worried and in pain. I need some drugs to deaden the pain. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of all of this noise and this angry words at me. What did I do? I was just born. But nobody wants to look at their parenting or their culture or their faith or the songs or the games that they watch. Nobody wants to look at that because they're messed up too. And they're just passing on that mess up. And now in testing, they are looking at genetics. Could this be a genetic gene that gets passed on to families? Sure. Now with the forever person, I'm going to go look for some spiritual things that is another teaching that would also uh, come along and assist the subconscious mind, assist in the programming and the training. There's an ancient saying, it's called, train up a child in the way you want him to go. When he is an adult, he will not depart from that. So when I see children enter kindergarten or preschool, their first teachers and trainers and shapers have been their family, their culture, the words, their faith, their religions, their neighborhoods, their experiences, everything. The seed of death is there. We're all physically going to die unless something happens. We're all afraid of it until you get some peace about it. So we all deal with the fight or flight syndrome. When the chemicals are going, your mind is not clear, you don't have time to react and think, and unexpected things happen. And you have to forgive yourself, debrief yourself, look at yourself. What did I do that caused this? Why did this happen? How did I contribute to this? And next time, I won't do that. And you'll feel bad for a while. You can teach fear to people. You can train them to be more fearful. The kids try to tell us, there's monsters under my bed. They're telling you something is frightening. We don't believe them. We haven't watched scary movies. Listen to horrible music. Sad mu music. Okay, we're training them. We are increasing, growing, making strong that anxiety, that death that is in us, that came in way, way back. So I wanted to bring this one term, anxiety, into this mental health and the forever person, the three realms. This affects all three realms. So I just wanted to sort of help you along. So when you go to your therapist or your psychiatrist, maybe you can ask them some questions like, what are you afraid of? What's going on in your biological body? Why you feel mentally confused? What happens when it's over with? You feel so tired and depressed. And they can explain it to you biologically what's going on. How do triggers come into this? How does something happen, a sound, a smell, and boom, you're afraid. Did you have an experience with that sound back when? 
these are questions you can ask your therapist, your counselors, your psychiatrist, and learn about yourself. What formed you? What helped develop this anxiety in you? It's all, it is all, it's chemical. It's electrical in the brain. It's your adrenal glands. It's stress. It's concepts. It's experiences. It's what you have been brought up in your early childhood, it is personal experiences that you connect through your senses and then something that is fearful. You have been sort of programmed to be fearful. So ask, uh, go on the internet and look it up, read about it, study so you can become informed you're not so frightened about it and you can work with your therapist and your doctors and your support systems to overcome it maybe you need some training like the first responders maybe you need to see if there is any training so you would learn instead of fleeing you would learn how to fight and, and most of your therapists can help you. They have some good knowledge, and they're there to support you. Be an advocate for yourself. Ask questions of people. And if they don't know, find somebody that does. But it is mental health and the forever person with anxiety. It is worry and stress. It's bondage, it's panic attacks, it's the fear of death. And it'll come on you out of nowhere. Okay? So ask some very intelligent questions. Educate yourself. And I hope you enjoyed this. The next episode will be, I don't know if there's another one, maybe anger. We can deal with that. That seems to be very prevalent. We'll work our way through the alphabet so we can sort of keep order here. And... Uh, work our way through so you get a little bit better understanding of what's going on and how the mental health and the forever person and the biological body, the three realms are all intricately involved with anxiety and other problems that you're having. May you have a wonderful day. You learn and grow. I've got other things to do today. And, uh, I'll try to get this up as quick as I can. I have to do some work. But remember, Pastor Deborah, God be love. Love is here ministry. This is Mental Health and the Forever Person, Episode 3 of Series 2, The Three Realms. We're working our way through some terminology in the mental health part, connecting it to the biological and the spiritual. So whoever you go to for help, you can ask them. Be an intelligent person, and you can learn. You can see the podcast, the webcams, on the website, www.agapeloveishere.org. And it's also podcasted out, and it's called The Mental Health and the Forever Person. Love you. Keep growing and learning and educating yourself, and come back again. I'll leave the board up for you so you can take some notes, and then I work to put it up.